Our guest today on Todd's podcast is Miss Florida 2023, Miss Juliette Valle. Juliette is a 22-year-old recent graduate of the University of Miami, where she earned her Bachelor of Science degree in political science with minors in broadcast journalism, theater, and classical vocal performances at the Frost School of Music at UM. She achieved the Dean's List and Provost Honor Roll distinctions. I never came close to that. Uh, even you total up three semesters in a row, I know it's never near that. Uh, in 2022, she won the title of Miss Miami. And later that year, she competed in the Miss Florida competition and placed in the top five that year. In June of this year, she competed again in the Miss Florida competition and was crowned Miss Florida 2023. And she will now go on to represent Florida in the Miss America pageant. Juliet is very active in her charity work and her platform for these competition is the power of prevention. It concerns chronic kidney disease prevention and advocacy. She's also been a national ambassador for the Donate Life America since December of 2022. Juliet has created Christmas music where all the proceeds would go to kidney disease awareness and her single Winter Wonderland was released in December 22. The success of that single inspired her to release a 10-song holiday, ab holiday album entitled Joyfully Juliet Valle. In April of 2021, she was chosen as one of 14 Hispanic women of distinction for the Miami Herald. She was also named by that, that organization with the up-and-comer Latina Award, for which honors young Latina women who are paving the way for others in the pipeline for leadership. Her career goal is to become politically to become a politically focused broadcast journalist one day. She also plans to earn her Juris Doctorate and dreams of becoming a U.S. press secretary. Juliet, welcome to Todd's podcast. What an introduction! Thank you so much for having me, Todd. Uh, I had to cut that in almost half just to get it down <laughs> to where we could manage it from all your accomplishments. Oh, thank you. Um, First, congratulations. I Thank was you. at the pageant in June this year at the RP Funding Center. Wonderful. You were amazing. Your beauty, your grace, and your composure and your voice, they were absolutely amazing. I, I just sat there and I said, this is wonderful to see the talent of these young ladies. So Thank you. Uh, congratulations. I know it's not easy. Uh, stiff competition just from the other competitors there. So congratulations. Thank you so, so much. So your childhood, let's talk a little bit about where you were born, where you grew up, your high school, and kind of what you did in high school. Where, where, where were you born? Okay, sure. So I grew up in Plantation, Florida in Broward County. Um, I was raised pretty much as an only child. My sisters are a little bit older than me. And so by the time I was five years old, my middle sister had moved out and went to college. So I had the luxury of being very spoiled by my parents, okay. spoiled in their attentiveness and their support of me. From a very young age, I began dancing and going to you know vocal competitions later on. I began professional theater at age 10. And so I always had them, you know, taking me, you know, to various parts of Florida to be able to support that dream. So I was very lucky. And in high school, I still had a passion for performing and singing. I began working with the Florida Grand Opera as a protege at 14. I also went to the Frost School of Music summer camp, so it was kind of a full, full circle moment to actually attend there in college. And I would study there in the summers in high school because I discovered I had an opera talent at around 13 years old. So as I was approaching going to high school at St. Thomas Aquinas, shout out, go Raiders. And I was really focused on that. I sang in you know my school's choir um, all throughout high school and was very focused on that you know pursuit of that dream. And so that was what most of my childhood was my the theatrical upbringing and I was very blessed to have unconditional support from my parents and my sisters for sure. So you did not do athletics did you do anything with student government or was it really just you were a music oriented child? Okay so as far as athletics goes the true answer is no. I, I did attempt. I was always a child that liked to try everything. I mean, even as late as my freshman year in college, I tried club volleyball and I called my mom right after and I was like, there is no gift for this. <laughs> We're not finding it, not then or now. But um, so I always got like the participation ribbons in PE. Like that was just kind of what I was there. And I was always picked last for a kickball. So only they could see me now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so I didn't mind that. But uh, your gift was your voice. My gift was, well, thank you. Yes, my gift was my voice. That's what I focused on. As far as student government, I did do that in college. And I 
did a little bit of that in middle school. I did run for vice president. I lost the election, so, you know, but I still had the desire to be active in, you know, many different student organizations throughout middle school and high school and college. I ran for senior class president and was beat. Oh, no. Uh, in junior, as a junior, I ran for vice president of student council, and then I ran for student body, or senior class president, and I got beat, so. The election was rigged. Uh, no, it wasn't. I lost <laughs> to a very very worthy young lady. So uh, I've got no ill effects of all that. <laughs> um, when did you start thinking, hey, I want to be in the pageant world? Um, is it something early on or um, did it come late in life? So I was in, I was taking a summer school class the summer before I began high school because I wanted to avoid having to take PE during the regular academic year. So we were taking a summer dance class. You really didn't want to do athletics. I didn't? really did not. No, I just knew it would be. Well, my school was very much a sports school. Like we're like yeah. known like nationally for our football championships. And I just knew this is not my element and it will be very sad if I attempt it. So I wanted to take a dance summer class because I grew up as a dancer. And there was one girl in the dance class who was like, she didn't even look like she was 14. She was five foot 10. She was blonde. She was beautiful. And she was a pageant winner. She was, I think, Miss Celery Beach Teen USA at the time. And so I thought, I want to try that. And how old were you? I was 14. 14. Okay. And I looked nothing like her. I was like half of her height. I had like a ponytail and a bow. Like I did not even look 14 even, but I thought, you know, I'd like to be like that because I just thought she was so beautiful. I didn't really know all there was to these competitions. And so I remember... Um, watching Miss America just somehow fortuitously, it was on, you know, sometime around then in September. So shortly after summer school ended and I watched it and the young lady that won that year was an opera singer and I had just been introduced to opera. So I thought Miss America seems like an organization that not only, you know, fulfills my goal of being in a pageant, but also has a talent portion. So maybe I could actually do something. So I went to my mom and I said, I'd really like to try this. And my mom is always very supportive, but she was like, are you sure? And I think she was a little bit hesitant because she knew that once I started something, I wasn't going to stop until I, you know, you know, achieve something that I wanted. And I said, I'm absolutely sure. And so I registered for Miss Broward County's Outstanding Teen. And by the grace of God, I ended up winning my first local pageant at 14. Wow. And made top 10 that year at Miss Florida's Teen. So I was very lucky. And, you know, God placed that desire in my heart. And although I thought it was just, a, you know, a beauty pageant at first, when I began serving, I realized it was much more than that. Oh, it is is so much more than a beauty pageant. Yes, and that, and that's, absolutely. That's what I've really enjoyed about my little bit of a time with them is just about every young woman I've met, I would love to hire because they're phenomenal young women. That's very kind. They have composure. They're smart. They're articulate. Um, and just, it's a wonderful organization. And it's a scholarship. A hundred percent. I so agree with you. And I think that it really did set me on the right path because I, you know, began competing in Miss America in my most formative years. And so I always had to carry myself with a certain decorum and I always wanted to achieve bigger and better things. And I was networking even at a young age. So I think it really set me up for success later on. And even after my years of competing are over, I think I'll carry the lessons I learned with me, not only as myself, but from the people I've competed with, the women I've competed with. So you, you mentioned Miss Teen Broward County, I think it was, yes, and Miss Orlando. Uh, or Miss uh, Miami and then Miss Orlando, any other pageants that you won or was all that just a stepping stone to get to where you are now? So I did win two other titles. So I was Miss Broad County's Outstanding Teen 2016. Then the next year I was Miss Fort Lauderdale's Outstanding Teen 2017. Once again, made top 10 at state. And then I took about a three or four year break from competing. Okay. And then in my first Miss pageant, so when I was 18 years old, my freshman year of college, I won Miss South Florida Fair. And I actually got to serve that for two years because of the the pandemic so that right. was a fun title because yeah. i got to be queen of the fair twice well michaela mckean mclean did that when she was miss florida for two years because of yes she's of incredible that. and yep. she was actually my first miss florida that i was competing under yep. um, and she was just so incredibly inspiring yeah. and i got to see her when i won and just i feel i owe so much to her i as a matter of fact i still have the card that she wrote me um when i was a contestant competing her wishing me good luck so she's just a class act and then I um, was Miss Miami and then Miss Orlando this past year. So all in all, I've served five titles under Miss Florida, two of them teen titles. So what was it like taking three years off and then getting back in? Do you get rusty or do you say, hey, I got to have a break from this? Um, you know, is that a normal path for people to take some time off and then get back in? Or do they just plow through until they age out? I think one of the most fascinating things about this whole thing is that everyone has such a different pattern and such a different method to success. And I, and I don't think that 
you know, taking three years off would necessarily be the thing for everybody to do. But for me, it was definitely necessary for a couple of reasons. I think the primary reason was because I needed to grow as a person. I needed to become a better version of myself. And I think that I, I just wanted to mature and really hone in all the skills that I felt in Miss Florida needed. And I think I still definitely improved after that three-year hiatus, but I think those three years were very crucial for me to just focus on Juliet rather than focus on Juliet as a competitor. And also, too, I think it was also a little bit mature for the teen competition. I always looked older. I had a mature talent. I just don't think I was necessarily suited for what the teen organization was looking for. So I thought I might as well work on myself and prepare for the miss portion of the competition because I feel like that's what I'm destined to do. And so I think that young ladies will compete for a very long time. I mean, I've been in the organization now for eight years. A lot of them will compete until they age out. And I think everyone, you know, who competes, of course, would like to be Miss Florida. But at the end of the day, I think competing and just becoming the best version of yourself is such an addicting feeling because it's such a wonderful thing to be in and to be involved in, surrounded by all these high achieving women that make you you know, fuel your desire to be better. And so a lot of the young women will do it because of that. And for the scholarship dollars, a lot of them will accumulate, you know, tons of money to help pay off student debt, which is also a major incentive. And what you just said about, hey, we do it for the growth or whatever, it sounds mm -hmm. like a cliche, but it's the actual truth. Oh, 100%. Uh, the money is good. I mean, it could yes. obviously be better. You're always looking for more sponsorship. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. But there are, there are young ladies that this is, helps them get through college and achieve their education. One million. And, you know, I think that's phenomenal. And that, to me, kind of gets lost in the shuffle is, yeah. hey, it really is a scholarship pageant and mm -hmm. you have all, but it's a pageant but there's a means to an end behind this thing. And um, to me, I think the friendships that you've made yes. will stay with you forever. Yes. Uh, and, and again, I see it from the outside looking in mm -hmm. and I see you young ladies and going, oh, I competed with her and she beat me in Tampa or, she, or I beat her in Fort Meade or whatever it is. And you all just remain such close friends yes. as you go through this experience mm -hmm. together and your families go through the experience yes. together. Yes. Was your dad, <laughs> is he a crazy pageant dad? Is he kind of a reserved guy who sits back and says, hey, this is her deal? Or is he one of those that stands in the chairs and screams and oh my goodness. hoots and hollers? What kind of dad do you have? Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say my dad is the most remarkable, yep. wonderful, brilliant father ever. And so supportive like just so interested it's just so wonderful to have a dad like that my parents are amazing my dad is not a crazy pageant dad as a matter of fact he's a very reserved man he's very quiet and kept to himself unless he's in an academic setting and then he could talk for hours and he has such a disposal of knowledge why wouldn't he but I do think that he is a little bit of a stage dad I mean he grew up with his daughter in professional theater and he's very involved he will never like get involved to the point where he's like ruining the moment for me or calling the shots for lack of a better term, but he will always want to be there to witness what happens. He'll always want to be involved in helping me. So he's um, he's very uh, invested in the healthiest way. As far as when I won, I wish I could have watched my family's reactions. Of course, I didn't get to see them, but I mean, my dad was just so happy that night and it was just so good to see him because he's just the best. And he has walked me through this dream along with my mom who has been the most supportive and has come with me on these trips and she's just amazing. But to see them after that, it was just like, you know, how many times in your life can you say like, you feel so loved and so supported? Well, the pride they have in seeing yes. you achieve your goal, you set out for a goal and you worked hard yes. and, and oh, you achieved you. that and, and don't ever dismiss that. What's the hardest part of preparing for any competition or for at least for the Miss Florida pageant? I would say the hardest part, and I think every young woman, as you mentioned, is so accomplished and very diligent in their preparation, so I'm sure that they might echo a similar sentiment, is the isolation. You give up a lot of going out, you know, nights. You give up a lot of, hey, do you want to come here and, like, grab dinner? And then you think, oh, well, my pageant's three weeks away. I have to do prep. I have to focus on interview. It's just a very one-track mind process, and I, and I have very amazing friends, both in the pageant world and outside of it, and they were always very supportive. But I also feel like, you know, I was so focused on my goal and so consumed by the idea of being Miss Florida that you're, you're just kind of by yourself. And that's okay. There's something wrong with that. But I do think it's a, it, you have to be able to be adaptive to that frame of mind and accept the isolation and just accept I'm focusing on a goal here. One day I'll be able to go out with my friends and have fun and, you know, do all the things that I might want to do right now. But I have a bigger goal. And I think that's a 
part of the key to winning is having that discipline. And that's something I've learned over the years, 1 million percent. So it's a little bit of a hard part, but it's definitely a very necessary part and it's worth every moment of it for sure. I have never heard that part discussed like you just articulated. And it's that single-mindedness of achieving that goal. And I think that's, uh, not everybody has that. Um, We interviewed Rowdy Gaines, who won three gold medals, a buddy of mine from high school. And the mentality and the focus for him to do that, he was the the fastest man in the world in the swimming pool in 1980. Uh, The United States boycotted that. You know, that was his peak. Mm -hmm. And so he figured out, what do I do for the next four years? He came back in 84 and won three gold medals, but he had that single-mindedness, and he was able to get in that pool every day and swim and do that. And that is an innate talent and skill and... I, I think that's wonderful. I've never heard that articulated the way you just did that. Thank you. Um, tell us a bit, a little bit about your platform and why did you choose it? Sure. So my, my platform is called The Power of Chronic Kidney Disease Prevention. My father is a nephrologist, which is a kidney doctor, and my mother is a transplant nurse. So I grew up seeing firsthand the dialysis patients that they treat and what they go through and the varying stages of CKD and how it affects these patients. And so because of my parents' knowledge, it really fueled my desire growing up around these patients. I felt like they were a second family. And so I began collaborating with organizations like Donate Life America, the National Kidney Foundation of Florida, the Florida Renal Association, the Miami Trans my institute to name a few and I feel very privileged to be able to be representative of these patients because 37 million Americans have chronic kidney disease and 90% of them don't even know it and so I want to be able to not only educate people on the telltale signs of CKD but also how they can prevent the onset of it uh, or prevent it entirely of course there's more genetically susceptible communities and there are some cases where it's hereditary and non-preventable but in most cases it is because of certain factors and so I want to be able to educate people on that and that's why I'm very excited excited to bring that initiative to Miss America, I will make, you know, that same, uh, you know, similar speeches at events about my platform and people will come up to me and say, I've never heard someone speak about CKD before. I've never seen someone bring awareness to it. And a lot of people commented to me, oh, that platform seems a little niche, but it's really not. It affects so many people. And even if someone is not affected by it, chances are they could be, or they know someone that has been. And so that's why I'm so passionate about it. And it's thanks to my parents that I have the knowledge to do so, although they are much more knowledgeable than me because they are medical professionals. Is that some of the discussion that was held between your mom and your dad around the dinner table that you just kind of were exposed to it? Or did they say, hey, we're not talking about business here. Let's talk about family and and other things. No, my parents are very big business people. And so they work together. They actually own a practice together called the Kidney and Hypertension Group of South Florida in three different locations. So they manage a lot. And I would often hear them talking about their patients. I mean, my mom, who is a transplant nurse, as I said, works closely with these patients and they have her personal phone number and when they tell her I got a transplant it's just like her own kid got it or something she just gets so excited face lights up yep my mom is someone that truly cares about these patients and I think every nurse like every you know frontliner is incredible and I know that they feel for their patients, but since I live with my mom I see it firsthand or they love their patients rather but I, I see my mom firsthand she just is just so enthralled and it's just inspiring to see. So my parents would discuss a lot of it, but they would incorporate me in it. I mean, I slept under my mom's desk at the kidney group. (laughs) I still do. I sometimes take a nap there and I'm 22. (laughs) But as a kid, I would always be there. So I just grew up around these patients and that's why it's so close to me. So, so I'm going to make a stupid comment, but I I assume you take that that same passion and that same platform to the Miss America pageant? Of course, of course. And that's not a stupid question at all. Yes, absolutely. I'm very passionate about the Miss America opportunity. And I I do enjoy educating people because most people are very supportive and I've encountered nothing but wonderful um, interactions as was Florida. But of course, some people will make quips and say, oh, you know, what do you do? Like, do you just stand there and look pretty? And I love to educate them on how much more it is than that and that I did not receive a modeling contract. I received over $20,000 that I will put now towards law school, which I've already committed to. Um, So, Which law school are you going to go to? I'm going to Nova Southeastern in Fort Lauderdale. Awesome. And I also got a faculty scholarship from them in addition to my Miss America scholarship. So I will be able to go there close to debt-free, which 
to say that for law school is pretty great. And I just love educating people on that. And of course I do it politely and it just brings me joy because I know I'm speaking on behalf of all the other women that competed at Miss Florida that are all either professionals or achieving higher education or um, are just doing great things in their community. Well, I think so many people are just remember the old pageant where it just seemed to be a beauty, mm-hmm. a beauty contest. Right. And there are certain, there are certain aspects that are still, yes, we want an attractive, a lovely young lady, mm-hmm. but it's so much more. And you're demonstrating that just by our conversation today. But I've also seen that in all the women that I've been able to talk to that have been through the pageant. Um, Todd's podcast is sponsored in part by SVN Saunders Ralston Dantzler Real Estate. Since 1996, the firm has offered unrivaled brokerage services throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. With over 90 expert advisors throughout the region, our team has the knowledge and resources to help clients realize their most ambitious real estate investment goals. When you choose SVN Saunders Ralston Dantzler Real Estate, you have access to a diverse suite of commercial and land services, including forestry consulting, land management, auctions, property management, commercial leasing, and negotiating conservation easements. If you're seeking to invest in land or explore commercial real estate opportunities in the Southeast, contact us today at svnsaunders.com or call 877-518-5263 to connect with an advisor today. Once again, that's SVN. S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S dot com or by phone at 877-518-5263. How nervous were you during the competition? There are no words. (laughs) Really, even after you had been through several and you you placed in the top five last year? Oh, my. Oh, I'm... I see you right now. I'm getting nervous. I still remember the feeling that I felt. It's like you're going on a roller coaster and you're at the peak and you're about to go down, but the roller coaster never moves. That's how your stomach feels. You never showed that. You look cool as cool as a cucumber up there. Well, so you hit it well. Thank you. Well, I will say two people helped me. My roommate, who was top 15, Miss Miami, Ashley Clement. You spoke to the friendships earlier. She's my best friend in the whole world. She helped calm my nerves. I was blessed to room with her. We roomed together every year at Miss Florida three times. She really helped calm me down, but I would ask her every two seconds, do you think everything's all right? Do you think I'll make the top? You know, she was like, yes, but like whatever happens, you know, it'll be fine. And then my mentor, Alan Brown, he's been involved in the Miss America opportunity for a long time. And he's very important to me. And he called me after preliminaries and he said, you did a great job, but you looked miserable. You did not look like you were having fun. You need to show them that you're having fun and that you actually enjoy competing. And I do. And so that night I just told myself and I prayed to God and I just said, please give me peace and please let me show that I'm having fun. And so I really appreciate that compliment because I can tell you that I was very nervous, but I did my best to showcase that, you know, I really do love competing at the end of the day. And it's about a four or five day competition. You come in, what, on Sundays? Yeah, so we came in that Monday and we ended on Saturday. So Monday... Uh, Tuesday was filled with events around the Lakeland community, which were just so tremendous. And uh, we got to go to Fred's, which was fun. I mean, not exactly the best pageant food, but it was delicious. That's what you do on Sunday afternoon after the pageant. (laughs) I know, exactly. And then, um, you know, Tuesday, we got to go downtown and go to all the small businesses. Then Wednesday, Thursday, we had preliminaries. Friday, we had the night off, I, I believe. Um, that's when we had our gala, our scholarship gala, where we gave over a hundred thousand dollars worth in scholarships to all the young women that competed. And then the finals were on Saturday. So I watched my teen win and I was so happy for her cause she's such a lovely, you know, girl, but I was so nervous cause watching her win, I was like, I hope I can win, <laughs> you know, in four hours, my own competition. And so, uh, it was a, a very big week or very big week of events for yeah. sure. And your talent was singing opera. opera yeah. Yeah. And I, I, again, after watching all, was there 10 or 11 of you in the finals? Was there It 11? was a top 15, and then top we got 15. cut to 10 for the talent. Okay. And after the pageant, I texted Keith Williams, your executive director. I said, He's Keith, the best. The amount of talent that, that all 10 of them were phenomenal. I said, I could not believe how good each and every one of them were. And not everyone sang. Some played the piano, some danced. They did yes, whatever. Yes. 
but it was just such a high level. How do you cut one of your opera songs down to 90 seconds to fit in that time frame? Do you look for that song that you can cut? Yes, yes. Okay. So I knew I wanted to sing that song because I love the opera La Boheme, and I knew I wanted a, a more upbeat opera song because I love opera, but you also have to have the perspective of catering to your audience. And I know that some people may love it, and some people might find it a little outdated, which I respect that, but I knew I wanted a more upbeat opera song, something that would grab the audience. So even if they had no idea what I was saying, they would still see that I was was like have what kind of message I was trying to send and that it was a captivating song and so I found the 90 second track of that there's a very talented man named Bill Wolf that does a lot of the tracks for Miss America competitions so I worked with him and um, I was able to condense that song and I was able to work with my vocal coach Jeanette Thompson at the Frost School of Music who she's had a career like no other she's amazing and she worked on it with me just to be able to find the correct phrasing because you have to conform to the track and normal singing you're following with the orchestra so you can go at your own pace but with a track you have to be very careful how fast or how slow you go and so there was a lot of prep that went into that so you obviously competed when there was a bathing suit portion of it i never did i you never did well i competed as a teen when there there was bathing suit in the mist okay so you're correct in that but i never got to experience okay. that and, and they got rid of it a couple years ago and yes. this year i think they brought back they called it health and fitness yes i thought it was a great compromise yes i agree with you and, and in talking to some of the young ladies who competed they were very proud of how hard they worked of course to get themselves into shape to be able to be in a bathing suit or whatever they were wearing and yes. so i you know some people People look down on it. I never did because I had a different perspective from listening to oh, them. I appreciate that. What, what was your reg regimen going into that portion of the pageant is your diet, your exercise. It sounds like you kind of go into beast mode a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Three weeks before, you don't hang out with your friends because you're prepping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the month before, I mostly stayed home. Prep, prepared my own meals, um, worked out almost every day. My parents would be very generous to go on walks with me around the neighborhood, which spans about four miles. So I'd do that close to twice a day. And then I would go to the gym with my trainer. And, you know, I would just try to be in the frame of mind that this is worth it. I mean, I have never really agonized over that. I've always loved doing it. So to me, it, it is a necessary part of it. And I felt very competent or confident in that phase of competition so I appreciate you saying that it was a very good compromise and you know I loved what I wore I felt very good I felt like I had worked really hard and I especially with my platform which is related to health and preventing the onset of chronic kidney disease part of that is leading a healthy lifestyle so I thought it was something that tied into my platform very well and I even mentioned that in my Miss Florida interview so for me I thought it was quite fortuitous that it made a comeback the year that I really wanted to win so I, I really made that a part of my uh, selling pitch <laughs> So the interview with your judges. Yes. How long do they give? Is that a 30-minute interview with each of Ten you? Ten minutes. Ten minutes? Yep. Even at this level? Yes. And you have a 30-second introduction. Right. And then you have a 30-second closing. But isn't there, during the week, don't you have private interviews with them? or The only private interview is 10 minutes. Okay. So, and that is the largest, like, or that is the largest scoring percentage. I don't, I think it's 30%. I could be wrong, okay. but I do believe it's 30%. So then the question they ask you on stage. Yes. How do you prep for all of those? I mean, it used to seem like it was more political. Yes. A couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to that and I'm going, that's a loaded question. That's, oh, I've gotten you know, many you of those. You can't hardly answer that without making half the audience mad. Of course. And this year's question seemed a little seem to have a different flavor to them and a little more mainstream. Right. Well, in my interview, it was actually almost entirely political because I was a political major. Um, I am going to go to law school and I want to be a press secretary. So they knew that that was what I was more inclined to talk about and I was prepared. As far as on stage, Miss Florida, the organization, which really does think about what would be best for the young woman, which I appreciate, they asked us questions directly from our community service initiative essay. So that's the essay in addition to the resume that we present to the judges. And I talked about my chronic kidney disease platform. So they took a literal direct sentence from that and then followed up with a question as they did for the rest of the contestants, which was an alleviation because we were able to speak on what we know. Right. And preliminaries, if I remember correctly, which you think I would, it wasn't that long ago, I think they asked us a more current events question or, you know, a more like societal question. But on the finals night, it was directly platform, which was very nice. Do you just sit there and go, what are they going to ask me? I, I agree with you on asking you more about your platform because yes. it makes it more fair to you guys. Exactly. Or gal, sorry. <laughs> and okay. um, But, you know, the societal questions, is it could be, 
way off on some tangent and it yes. ends on perhaps a political bent that maybe one of the judges have or someone else. And you kind of have to thread that needle and say, well, this is how I really feel, or this is a politically correct answer. Well, I think that the judges actually did an excellent job of not being biased. They're told not to. I know that my executive director, Keith Williams, picks the judges very carefully. And I, if the board is involved in that, I'm sure they do as well. And they do instill in the judges that they can't be affected by our political bias. I interned for a very prominent political person, and I put that on my paperwork. So I knew that they were going to come at me with questions about him. And so... I just had to prepare for that. I don't think that they let their bias affect it, but I will say the onstage question portion is the most nerve-wracking for me. Just incredibly, you know, I was so incredibly nervous for it, but I knew that if I don't know the question, I'm not going to pretend I know it. I'm just going to say, you know what, I don't know, but I'll do my research on that. Because they'd rather you be honest, and right. it may not be a slam dunk, but at least you walked away being like, well, you know what, at least I didn't make a complete fool of myself or something. So I think it's not just knowing everything because it's how you answer the question exactly as as having how you handle a high stress situation right. of course because as miss florida you're going to get everything asked of you in the world and as yes. Miss america the same thing it's, right it's like holy cow where did this come from right and so I, I prepared think, for miss florida for sure though yeah um the the platform that you chose how important is that to the judges, do they care what your platform is? Yes. Or they do. It makes a difference. I think that it, like, they don't necessarily think, oh, well, this girl's platform is more interesting to me, so she should win. But I do think it makes a difference in how are you going to connect your platform to Miss America? Okay. Well, I found the fitness portion, and I thought my platform's health-related. We have a brand-new health and fitness portion, and we're also collaborating with the American Heart Association, which is preventing, you know, heart disease. So I have a chronic disease. I can blend the two and find that common ground. So that's what I looked at there. How much work do you do um, in your community? Do you really put in the effort? Well, I have four national and statewide sponsors. I've traveled to Tallahassee at the Capitol to lobby with the National Kidney Foundation. I've put in the work. And what is your connection? My parents are my connection. This is deeply important to me. And as Miss Florida, I plan to do X, Y, and Z. So they just want to see that you have a plan, that you've worked to cultivate the partnerships, that you know what you're talking about. I was asked even some technical questions about my platform or medical questions. And of course, I always use the disclaimer that I'm not a medical professional, but I answered them to the best of my ability. And I think they want to see that the young lady really does hold that knowledge that, you know, promoting a platform on a statewide or nationwide level would require. But I will say on behalf of all the other women who all have varying platforms, every single young lady that I competed with, which I believe was 36 or 35 besides me, really does live and breathe what she talks about. So the topic is not as important as the, the strategic plan to implement how you promote that platform? I think that the topic is very important, but I also think that every young lady's topic is so important in a different way. Exactly. So like my roommate, Miss Miami, her platform is self-defense. She's a black belt in karate. She's much braver than me. And her platform, while it's something I am not good at, I'm interested in self-defense. And she's certified. She does work in her community. And so I think the judges will see that we both have very important platforms and what we do with them. And so it's not necessarily like whose platform is more important or relevant. It's just what does the young lady do with it? Is it expensive to compete in the in the pageant world or at least go up through the Miss Florida? Pageants? Yes, I will say that it can be, but I will say it doesn't have to be. One of the stories that I tell young women that asked me this question was my first year competing. I competed with a young woman named Caitlin. She was in the Miss category and I was a teen and she had this most like the most beautiful dress. It was like a black evening gown and she looked stunning in it. And I asked her where she got it from and she said, I got it from Goodwill. She won the whole thing. Um, I got my dress from the department store that first year and I won the whole thing. So, I mean, you don't have to necessarily break the bank to succeed. I mean, of course there are gorgeous dresses that like I have worn and they were absolute dream come trues, but I don't think it necessarily matters like how expensive the dress was because the judges don't see the price tag. They just see how you can move in it if it represents your personal style. So yes, it can be expensive. I won't lie to you, but I think that if a young woman doesn't necessarily want to break the bank, she doesn't have to. Do y'all share dresses like, hey, I loaned this to this person? Yeah, I, I, I know. I know that young women do. And I know that a lot of girls will also just give away their clothes after they're done with it. Because when are we ever going to get the occasion to Absolutely. wear that again? So yeah, of course, of course. Well, I know David Lang, uh, one of He's the MCs. The He's got uh, some regalia, regalia. Magnificent Apparel in Orlando. That they one. custom made my Miss Florida dress. Yeah. They actually made 
every dress I've competed in, in at Miss Florida. And uh, his uh, partner, Carrie, traveled with me to Atlanta to get my Miss America dress. They've been instrumental in yep. my success. I could not love them more if I tried. They're well, the they're best. incredible sponsors of the pageant. They David's are. David's one of the MCs, along with... Um, Laura Rutledge. Laura Rutledge, sorry. She's a former Miss Florida. Yep. I, I don't know Laura, but I know David a little bit. He graduated She's high great. school here in Lakeland with some of my buddies, and they knew him from high school. And as a team, they do a wonderful job keeping the pageant going, keeping the interest up in between the, the time frame. So I want to give a shout out he's to He's amazing. I love him, and he's the funniest person I know. And Carrie is incredibly yep. talented. Um, how does the Miss America organization differ from Miss USA or some of the other organizations that are out there so how it differs from miss usa is that miss usa has a swimsuit portion and we now famously do not as of 2018 we also have a talent portion and miss usa does not um miss usa and miss america both have their winners have platforms i don't want to be incorrect but i do know that miss america gives scholarship money i think miss usa might give a different prize package i am not exactly sure but maybe more of something like a modeling or acting contract, but they're both organizations that are incredibly relevant and wonderful. I mean, I have many friends in Miss USA and I just, I really just think it depends on what the young lady wants to go for, what her path in life is, uh, that, you know, why Miss America might be better suited for her. What drew me to Miss America was the talent and the scholarship, but I really do think they're both wonderful organizations. With all the politics, the political wokeness, whatever, what do you think is driving young women to still stay involved in the pageant? I, I mean, I've got my own feelings, but I'd like to know what yours are. Why do these young kids want to keep getting into these pageants and keep moving on up through the organizations? I, I would assume that every young lady's motivation is very different, but I think that we all can share the sentiment that being able to be in such a wonderful environment of empowerment is a feeling like no other because how many times in my life will I be able to say I showcased my physical fitness, I showcased my talent, I showcased what I've achieved scholastically, and I've showcased my community service all in one night? Like, be, be having the ability to do that, the exposure of it is so wonderful, and the connections that we make, what we walk away with, it's just a tremendous amount of lessons, and I think that that's what keeps young ladies coming back. And what I also Scholarship said, money, too. Of course, and what I said earlier, it's just becoming the best version of yourself. Right. It's just such an amazing experience, and you just want to keep going back and going back because it's like you, like the phrase you use, beast mode. Like you're just right. zoned in. And I think also, too, the lessons that you walk away with, the networking, the connections. Like Asmus Florida, I've only been in this job for just a little under three months, and now I, I now know you, a prominent commissioner. I've met so many people um, in this job that I will know for a lifetime. So it, I think that's why women come back because it sets you up for life. When we brought the pageant back to Lakeland, uh, the first year uh, I was asked to welcome people back to Lakeland mm -hmm. as a county commissioner. And thank you for bringing it to Lakeland, by the way. You've uh, been so instrumental in it's, that. It's been a great thing. Yes. And, and, you know, afterwards, you don't just walk down the front stairs. You walk around backstage to kind of get shuffled off through the wings of it and coming out the side. And backstage, all the girls are laughing they're having fun. I shouldn't say all of them, but all the ones that I noticed. Yeah. You know, the ones that have uh, been eliminated, you know, they're eating pizza. <laughs> they're finally able to let the their hair down. <laughs> but they're all encouraging. And I, yep. ne I never saw anyone saying, I can't believe she's there and I'm not. I've, you mentioned it earlier about your best friend. Yeah. And I see that so much with the camaraderie that y'all all compete in a lot of the same competitions, you get to know everyone. Uh, I, I think that's a great byproduct of For this. Sure. And the friends that you're going to be making from around the country, not just from around Florida. I have several young ladies that I know that will be my bridesmaids <laughs> from this organization. And I know when I meet my Miss America sisters, I'll also meet more friends there. I think it also speaks to not only the healthy environment that Miss Florida in particular facilitates with these young women, but, but I also think it speaks to the class of the young woman because not winning is hard. I have been in that position at state four times, as two, twice I've, as a team. I've lost elections too. Twice as a miss. I know the senior, the senior president. Well, the things too, but that's all right. <laughs> but I will say that every young woman handles herself with a certain level of decorum, and it's not always easy in that emotional moment of distress. But you see the greater picture, and you see, you know what, 
I've gained so much more than just a crown. If I had not won Miss Florida this year, of course I would have been very upset because I've, this has been my lifelong dream, but I would have walked away knowing, thank you, God, like for this experience. Thank you for the connections. And honestly, God bless the winner. And I hope that Miss Florida's everything that she would want it to be. You have to have that mentality or else I think the bitterness will, will get to you. And I've always prided myself on not being like that. As a matter of fact, the two previous Miss Florida's that won instead of me, are my best friends. So I just think having that mentality yeah. is a much better way and a much better way to grow. I think the class with which you lose is as important as the class class with which you win. The judges watch it too. They watch when you don't win a preliminary. They'll watch for your reactions. They will, they're very, they're paying attention to the little things. So we think it's all the glitz and the glamour, but in reality, right. it's how the young lady carries herself the entire week. Hey, boys and girls, this is Santa Claus. I just got done doing the interview with Todd Dantzler on Todd's podcast. What a great podcast. I hope you listen in. We had a lot of fun. So you've been a Florida native your whole life. Yes. What do you love most about Florida? I'll give you kind of an easy question. Well, I've been experiencing a lot of Florida. I've experienced parts of Florida that I've never seen before. I just came from the Panhandle, which I never thought I'd say this, but it was worth the 10-hour drive from Fort Lauderdale. Just the, I guess my favorite thing about Florida, because it's so easy to say like the nature and things like that, which of course, but how different every area of the state is. Like Central Florida is completely different looking from South Florida. Absolutely. And North Florida is very different from Central Florida and another world from South Florida. So I think that that is my favorite part about Florida. I mean, I haven't been to as many states as I would like to, but I will say that Florida to me, in my experience, is the most diverse state I've ever seen in terms of how different every area of the state can look. Every part of Florida is different than South Florida. <laughs> True. It, 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 I mean, it really is. Yes. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it, but it is just different. The whole state, like you said, from the Panhandle to the Keys, as you geographically progress down or up the state, whichever way you're going, it's a cultural thing. It's a topographic thing. Yes. And, you know, it's a beautiful state. If it really is. If people have never flown low over it, you should have the opportunity, and hopefully you will. Yes. Uh, it just kind of exposes you a different part. Um, have you caught your breath yet since being Miss Florida? Because, you, like you said, you've been it for a couple of months now. Have yes. things kind of slowed to where you're appreciating, or is it oh, well, picked of course. Here? Yes, but I am extremely busy. I am busier than I ever thought I would be. The first week after I won, I had nothing, like no appearances. And I think that that was done so I could have a little bit of a yeah. breather. But I will say, like, sometimes I laugh out loud. Like, I, I can't believe I'm Miss Florida. Like, I'll say that loud in my car, which I know sounds so self-aggrandizing. But <laughs> sometimes it's just I'm like, God, like, how could this be my life? Like, I cannot believe it. I am very appreciative. I know what it will do for me after my year is over and what it has done for me already. But I don't think I quite believe I'm Miss Florida yet. And I know it sounds so cliche, but I just don't know that I'll ever believe like my dream came true. Like this was something I've thought about every day since I first watched right. that Miss America pageant. So a couple of quick questions. Okay. You, um, it, obviously opera is the most important music in your life. Yeah. It sounds like who was your favorite composer? Rosini. He composed the Barber of Seville, uh, which is a comedic opera. And I actually performed one of his arias called Una Voce Poco Fa when I was 16, my second time at Miss Fortitine. It was an aria that was way beyond my years. I should not have been singing that. But I give myself But you have a trying. very mature voice. Now. <laughs> I, right, right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, you do. Thank and, you. And I mean that as a compliment. I and, appreciate that. You know, like you said earlier, your voice had not matured, but I think right now you have an incredible voice. Well, thank you. And you deliver your voice so well. Uh, in, in a theater like that. I thought Thank it was you. Wonderful. I'm really excited for Miss America. I have a brand new song for that. So so how do you pick those? I just knew I wanted... Is it one that fits your voice or one that says, I really kind of want to do that? I, I, it was a really, I kind of want to do that one. It was not something that is easy for me. My vocal coach and I, Jeanette Thompson, who's a native of Dade City, um, and I have been working on it. And at first she's very supportive, but she wants me to do my best. And she said... I don't know if this is a really tough one. It's one of the most iconic arias and one of the most difficult. And she just was like, are you sure? And I was like, 
I learned it. I want you to hear it. And like, I learned the bare bones of it. Of course, there's so much more I have to learn. But she was just like, you know what? I appreciate the enthusiasm and we're going to do this. And so I am doing it and I picked it because it was difficult. <laughs> so I knew I wanted, if I was going to go to Miss America, I was going to bring out the most difficult aria I could probably manage. Well, maybe there's a duet in your future with Eli, our producer. I don't know, Eli. Eli we might have sing? to get singing right after. I've got a pretty great singing voice in my okay. I don't we'll doubt do it. for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> the musical episode on Todd's podcast. Uh, those will be the outtakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're working hard, you're preparing, and you say, I've got to have a break. I want to go pig out somewhere. I don't care about how many calories or carbs or whatever, you know, dietary restrictions you, you have. If you have any, where do you say, hey, let's go? I'm not just saying this because we're in Lakeland. I really enjoyed Fred's. I was at Fred's that first Monday of the competition week because we had a very generous din dinner sponsored by David Lang's brother and sister-in-law, yep. Jeff and Darla Lang. And the food looked so Wait, good. Wait, they sponsored it at Fred's? Yeah, they did. Because they used to do it at their house. I know. I think that we made too much of a mess the year before. <laughs> maybe me. Maybe, maybe it was my fault. I don't know. But they're the best. They're incredibly yeah. generous. But all the food looked so good. And I was just like, I know how bad I want this title. But, like, that looks incredible. So I would say probably Fred's. And I told Mr. Keith I want to go there after Miss America. Good. Yeah. Uh, and you party. should, and you should. You guys are coming, and we'll do that. We'll sing out. We'll sing some tunes outside Fred's. That sounds awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> um, what's your favorite movie? When Harry Met Sally. Your favorite sports team? Uh, the Florida Panthers. I really like hockey, actually. Okay, so you're oh. a hockey fan. Well, yes, but it's actually, okay to be a hockey fan. No, it is. But my brother was a um, former pro baseball player, and he works for the Cincinnati Reds. So I have to say, Cincinnati Reds. This is your brother? My brother-in-law. Brother-in-law? Oh, well, okay, my two brothers-in-law are basically my brothers, but yes, David okay. Espinosa is my brother, and he was a former pro ball player, and him and my sister own Swing Kings, all the batting cages in Miami-Dade. So we're a big baseball family. Great. Uh, you had mentioned the scholarship money that you won and how it will go towards uh, law school. Yes. And my daughter went to law school at Florida and graduated. And I know that every scholarship dollar is sacred. Yes. I appreciated everyone that she ever got that she applied for. And I was always percent. appreciative. And um, I think that's, that to me is an underrated part of what this pageant is, is yeah, the scholarship. We mentioned it a few minutes ago, but I do want to talk about it is how important it is for some young ladies. Cause some might have parents that can put them through school and they don't need it. Um, but others, it's the only way that they're going to help pay for their school and they're not paying for school for 10 or 15 years. Of course, if they do well. of course. And I am very lucky and privileged, which I understand because my parents paid for my undergraduate. So I graduated debt free, but now that I'm pursuing higher education, in addition to going to law school, I'd like to get my master's and even study at more places. I want to get the most education I possibly can. And so being able to contribute towards that with, you know, over $20,000, of course, law school is very expensive, but just yes, to be able was. to give something back to my parents yep. um, that have given me so much, it's a wonderful, um, a wonderful thing to do. And I think the previous Miss Florida before me, Lindsay Bettis, um, she actually graduated completely debt-free from both undergraduate and her master's because of all the years she competed at Miss Florida. So it's just women like that that really benefit from this program, myself included. Did you ever meet Courtney Sexton? I love her. She was the first Miss Florida that I ever competed under as a teen. Yep. And I actually was just messaging her the other day, and I told her, you know, the reason why I'm here is because I admired you so much. I think she's amazing. Well, she's the first one that uh, was crowned here in Lakeland yep. once we brought it back. Yep, yep. And she's the one I got to know the best because I was the most involved with the pageant I was. And this young lady... It was just phenomenal. I would vote for her for president, even if she I wasn't know, running. I know, she's great. She's such a wonderful young lady. And I think she had earned about $32,000. And that went straight to paying off debt that she had accumulated in college. And I think people don't understand how no, important that is. And I appreciate you shedding light on that. And I will say, too, some of the Miss Floridas have leftover scholarship money because maybe they've, you know, acquired so much that they don't need it all. They give it back to the organization. So that other young woman can benefit. So from they it. don't give it to another pageant person. They give it to the organization. The organization can give it, does to, it throughout pageants and different scholarship programs. Yes, they can. They can um, redirect it to another young woman's scholarship. What's the most common question that you get? Well, I will say, can I get a picture with you? That was what my quote is right here. 
But I will also say, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, that would probably be it. Or, oh, no, this is it. Sorry. I, I know I was thinking of something. What, what was it like when you won? What were you thinking? And I always hate to say, but nothing. I, I don't know what I, I was thinking. I think my brain was melting. So my observation of being around <laughs> you young ladies when you were wearing the crown and the sash and people come up, little boys and girls, they love you. They do. They want to hug you. I love they them. They want to touch you. They want to hug, you know, they want to get their picture taken with you. Uh-huh. And then you get the girls who are a little older, maybe middle school. They still have, it's still pretty cool to know Some you. Some of them, like, I'll tell them, like, do you want to try on the sash? And they'll always right, be like, right. all right, I guess. You and, know? <laughs> and the boys are starting to go, I don't know about this. And the high school <laughs> girls still are kind of interested, those that want to go through this. But the boys are scared to death of y'all. They are scared to talk to you, to have any interaction. And then you get into the adults and the men all want their picture taken with you. And their wives are kind of looking back saying, hey, what the A lot of their wives on? will take the photo. I'm they like, will. good for you. They will. Um, but it's something, about, it's something about the crown and the sash. And it means a lot to people. And, yes. and I don't think people understand the respect that you as uh, Miss Florida give to the crown and sash and, the, and the, the crown and the sash give to you. Yes, but everyone's been very respectful, I will say. I have yet to have an encounter that I have not enjoyed with um, people. They're always just so kind and supportive. And even if people are a little hesitant, you know, that's okay. It doesn't offend me. I yeah. can understand it's, it's a lot with the crown and sash. But the little kids, you're a princess. I just came from an elementary school. Okay. And they were just going nuts. It was the best feeling ever. And they were all asking me, where's your castle? And I was like, it's right here in Lakeland. So, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be disappointed. That and they no want castle. you to get down to their level, too. They, you oh, know, I do. It's not standing up. It's, oh, yeah. You, they want you either I was on, on the mat and everything. Chair and... Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, We were discussing their favorite princesses and their favorite lunchtime snacks. It was very riveting. Have you ever been a judge in one of these pageants? No, I never have judged. Do you want to? Do you think you ever will? Um, I was talking to my mom about this because I asked her, because they sometimes ask parents of former Miss Florida's to judge. And she was just like, I would want everyone to win because I would, I know what they've gone through. So right. I would like give everyone tens. And I was like, same. So I don't know how good of a judge I'd be because I just would want them all to win. I guess it would have to be way after everyone I know has competed. I'd have to like have them age out. I was asked to be a judge in the Miss Florida Citrus pageant when my friend Brenda Burnett. She's amazing. Um, she reinstituted it back in Winter Haven. It was a great pageant. In, in it really Winter is. Haven for a long time. And Michaela won Miss Florida Citrus before she won Miss Florida. My first runner up was Miss Florida Citrus. Correct. Because I think. And um, I was a county commissioner at the time. And Brenda said, I need a celebrity judge. And I said, well, if you're asking me to be the celebrity, this can't be much of a competition. But there were six girls in it. She was getting it going again. And um, it's kind of scary. And it's kind of hard. It's like, holy cow, that's a lot. That is, really is a good pageant. It, it, it is. But it's like, how, how do I judge these things? Because I had never really been to a pageant. Again, I was an athletic daughter dad instead of a pageant dad right but i think that sometimes the most valued perspective is that of a novice judge because you're not going through it with the lens of i know this like anyone else right. like i appreciate having a novice judge in addition to all the very learned judges on there because they get to see a different perspective right. and they're not judging it maybe as harshly and on the panels there are qualified judges who know oh, who've been through the education their resumes this year were and, crazy and People like me, there's one or two of us that are civilians that aren't in that world that, like you said, bring a little bit different perspective. Of course, it. which is very needed. So all the awards that you've won in your life outside of Miss Florida, what has meant the most to you? Well, you mentioned- Because I didn't list most of them that were on your bio. And <laughs> no, your it's all right. Well, then I'll mention one that wasn't talked about. I actually won the Senior Spotlight Award at the University of Miami. I was one of 20 seniors that were picked for our outstanding contributions to campus and to- the academics and to the overall environment and just to be highlighted um, after my four years at UM was very special and I felt very honored to be in that class of all those very accomplished seniors and it was a really nice thing to be able to have just before graduation. It was a tremendous accolade. You had mentioned a few minutes ago that you think you want to be a United States press secretary. Oh yeah. For the White House? For, for the White who? House. Depending if the candidate that I choose to support wins. It's got to be one of the hardest jobs, at least with the last two or three presidents, because it's become so political. My first question at my Miss Floyd interview was, why would you ever want that job? <laughs> I think it'd be a great, it'd be a great job. Oh, yeah. But pressure packed. You're speaking for the president. Sure. 
Um, you're trying to keep your opinions out, but you're speaking for the president, whoever that might be. And yes. how did you pick something like that? That's such a random thing. I was watching Fox News, uh, as you know, my family often does. And I, and I tend to watch most news sources because I studied broadcast journalism in college. Mm -hmm. So I'm not biased. I'll watch anything. But at the time, I was watching Kylie McEnany, who was President Trump's former press secretary, and I just thought she was so astute, so learned, so calm and professional. And I thought, I love politics, and I love talking. I would love to do that. And it just ever since that day, I just thought, this is exactly what I want to do. And of course, if that doesn't pan out, then I'd like to be a political broadcast journalist. So either way, I'd like to talk about politics. And I think front. she is from Polk County. She's from Plant City. Plant yep. City, or Plant City. And I think her dad's a roofer. Has a roofing company. Yeah, and they uh, they also um, lived around Tampa as well for a time. Yeah. She went to Catholic school in yeah. Tampa, so she's a Central Florida girl, and competed in pageants for some time. If if do you ever see elected office in your future? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not for everybody. No, I I think that it's a very admirable thing, and I would never say never, but personally for me, I don't think that's where my strength lies. I think my strength would lie in representing a campaign or an elected official rather than being the elected official. If someone wants their daughter to be in a pageant what should they start doing should should they start them early or go to some pageants and say hey is this something that you think you might want how do they kind of integrate into that world i love this question i think that watching former miss america pageants is a really great way to start that's how i first was introduced and how my interest first developed and then i signed up for a local they're also in the state of florida and i assume other states as well there's informational sessions so my mom came with me to a miss broward county informational session where they gave us a binder full of what you should wear for interview what talent is like how the competition's judged what kind of questions will ask you it was very confusing to ingest all this information because i was completely new to this but it was also very enlightening so going to those um, contacting um, the executive director, like, you know, Keith Williams, Mr. Keith Williams, he will answer your email and he will help provide the information that you need. You can also DM a state title holder like me on Miss Florida. You can email my official email. I will always answer. Just ask any questions. I think it's just as simple as watching the pageants, reaching out and just trying and seeing if you like an informational session. And if it seems of interest to you, then I say go for it. I, it's a lot less scary than it seems. And it's a lot more fun than most people know. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that you thought I should or thought I would or that you wish I had? No, I think you actually asked phenomenal questions. I, I, I really can't think of a single thing that you didn't cover. I'm very impressed. Well, I'm a amateur interviewer, but I do enjoy having the conversation. And uh, me too. I'm a big fan of this pageant and the scholarship. Um, never was in this world before. My friend Brenda uh, drug me into this kicking and screaming. <laughs> And I see the economic development of what the pageant does to our community, but I also see the personal development that it does to the young ladies yes, of who course. compete. And, and I'm not making this up. All the young ladies that are in this are phenomenal. If you have a chance to hire someone that fits your company, please do. Uh, just absolutely incredible. What kind of law do you want to... Or do you just want to have a law degree while you do your broadcast? You hit journalism? the nail on the head. I mean, of course, if I practiced for a few de right. for, for a few years, I'd like to do corporate law. That's where my interest lies right now. But of course, I know that might shift um, in uh, law school. My sister was actually the division chief of homicide for Miami-Dade County. My middle sister and her husband is a lawyer at Colescon. Kassane. He actually just received an award for I believe most promising lawyer, um, and they're a new Miss Florida sponsor. So uh, her career as a criminal prosecutor has certainly inspired me, but I think I'm a little bit more interested in corporate. However, you said it perfectly. I really just want that law degree to not only increase my knowledge of the law, but to help fuel, you know, my career as a press secretary, because I think you can't do a job like that without having a legal degree for sure. You have to have a knowledge of constitutional law like no other. Do you want to be broadcast journalist? South Florida or wherever life takes you? Do you have anything kind of laid out for you? I would like to do it nationwide. I'd like to be on a national news network, of course, if we're aiming high. But if I had the opportunity to work 
in South Florida as a young woman, I mean, or a young reporter, I would, I would love that. As a matter of fact, I got hired by Wink in Fort Myers, which is a great news station. It's a really big market, especially freshly out of college. And the day after I won Miss Florida, I got the call that I was hired and I was like, I mean, so I got my dream job, but I also, you know, had to pass up a really wonderful job. But of course it was just such an honor to even be considered for that. So, but wherever life takes me. That's awesome. Thank you. Juliet, I want to thank you for coming in and being our guest today. I'm going to be watching the Miss America pageant whenever and wherever it is held. Yes. Um, I look forward to you being crowned Miss America because you're a phenomenal young lady. Thank you. Um, incredible talent, incredible poise, personality. You you are the entire package. And um, I encourage people to support the pageant, support it with scholarships, support it by coming out. Uh, the folks in Polk County, we need to do a better job of coming to the actual event mm-hmm. and supporting the pageant there. Yes, please come. It's so much fun. <laughs> it is. It's a good show. It's a two and a half, three hour show. Uh, there's an intermission in between. I'm sure time just flows by you backstage. You're not really sure where you are supposed to be. or uh, The time flies by except for the calling of the top five. That yeah. time seemed like two hours. <laughs> well, next year, I promise it'll be a phenomenal experience for you because you will be ending your reign. Yes. And the accolades will be there. I don't even think well about deserved. it being over, but yes. No, no, no. But, I mean, you will get to reflect of course, and I won't have and, that anxiety. And you won't have the anxiety. You will get to perform with no pressure. Uh, so I, I, I wish you the best of luck in life. And then uh, your world is Miss Florida and hopefully is Miss, Miss America. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor to be here and you're an excellent podcast host. And thanks, Eli. Of course. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you for listening to Todd's podcast. This has been your host, Todd Dantzler. If you enjoyed this episode, please tune in next time where I interview Major General retired Larry Martin, where we will be discussing his rise up through the ranks to become a general officer in the United States Air Force and the leadership that it took for him to get to that position. I want you to give me a call and please let me know what you think. As always, don't forget to rate, review, follow, and subscribe to Todd's podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you have any questions for me or any suggestions for future guests, please call or text our number at 863-288-0944 or visit toddansler.com. Again, that's 863-288-0944 or visit my website, T-O-D-D. D-A-N-T-Z-L-E-R dot com. I look forward to hearing your questions and feedback and please take care.